Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast, Season 7, Episode 20. I honestly think, you know, you've said before, you know, being a, a coach is being a teacher and being a teacher is being a coach, you know, and I think if you can get that education background, you know, even a couple classes on it, that's really going to help you out as a coach, you know, whether it's in the college level, professional or wherever, you know, just, just being able to kind of look at things maybe slightly different. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. This is the NSCA Coaching Podcast. I'm Eric McMahon. Today, we're joined by a PE teacher, strength and conditioning coach from Tennessee, Justin Loudon. He is the chair of the NSCA's High School Coaching Professional Development Group. We're going to talk about that today. Justin, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we were just connecting in uh, Orlando at the coaches conference, and we uh, we had really some strong discussion in that group. Really good attendance at the high school PDG meeting. I'm I'm excited to tackle some of those topics for today. But before we get going, in typical podcast fashion, take us through your progression in the field. How'd you get into strength and conditioning? and specifically at the high school level? Yeah, great question. I think I've got kind of a, a different background. So, you know, I went to the Lockhaven University um, for, for, for health and PE. Um, was athletic training for my first, um, real, really first two years. Um, and then, to be honest, I was wrestling there, and I wanted to wrestle and continue to wrestle and didn't really have time for athletic training. Um, so switched over to health and PE. Um, and my strength coach in college was really kind of the, the, the jumping start for me. Cause I, you know, trying to lose a lot of weight for wrestling and it didn't go well. Um, and then he kind of helped me out with that nutrition wise came up game plan. Um, and then, you know, graduated college, moved down to Alabama to help my uncle start a wrestling program and, um, needed a job, you know, and I think like, like a lot of us, we, you know, we're going to a gym and, you know, got a, got a quick, simple personal training cert and allowed me to, to work there. Um, I was also, you know, fighting MMA at the time too. So that was kind of, it was an MMA gym slash regular gym as well. Um, so kind of got my start there as a personal trainer. Um, and then from there, uh, my wife and I wanted to move out to Colorado um, and get it. I got a teaching job out in Colorado. So we moved out there and I spent eight years in Colorado and all in public school. And the first four years, I was really just a, a health and PE teacher, you know, but I taught weights classes too and end up just falling in love with it and you know and have 45 55 kids in a class and you know it was just one of those things where as a PE teacher you 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 figure it out you figure the flow out and um how you want to run your class um and then I think it was my third or fourth year as the health and PE teacher you know I, I really got um serious about my CSCS you know fell in love with being in the weight room wanted to be there more um and went and went and got my CSCS and became um one of two um, CSCS strength conditioning coaches in 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 D four in D thirty eight up up in Monument, and the other one was the other wrestling coach at the high school at the other high school. So, like I said, spent spent four years at, at Palmer Ridge High School, and then a job opened up about I don't know mile or mile and a half or so from from my house, which is right up the street from you, um, at Vista Ridge High School, and uh, applied for that and spent the last my last four years at uh, Vista Ridge High School as the strength and conditioning coach there um, you know how to build up a really successful program 
um, you know, and just kind of really fell in love with it. And then well, basically about two years ago, a year and a half ago, I got a phone call from Corey Stewart, the football coach out here in Tennessee. And, you know, after spending eight years in Colorado, my, my, my wife and I wanted to kind of get closer back to family with her family being down in Alabama. I've got family in Alabama. Um, she's got relatives live about 40 minutes away in Franklin. And uh, Coach Stewart called me up and there was, just got hired as a football coach and was looking for a strength and conditioning coach. And I said, Coach, uh, I'm in Colorado, you know. And, and he's like, well, will you take a take a phone call? And I was like, well, yeah, let's take a phone call. We'll talk. And uh, next thing you know, my wife and I are packing up everything from Colorado and moving to Tennessee, you know. And, and I think through that time, you know, in Colorado and, and, and so far out here, we've We've been successful in, in in the places I've been at. You know, won the strength and strength America Award in Colorado, and then won it this year as well. So things are going well, but really, kind of, I think I come more from the the PE side of things. You know, instead of going from you know internships and grad grad assistant jobs in the college and then working your way back down. I've always been in high school and honestly just love it. Yeah, I. I like how you mentioned you you come from that traditional physical education background, thinking about dodgeball and some of the other yeah. things that maybe we played growing up. And then now we have access to a lot more in physical education, strength and conditioning being one of those areas. And you mentioned, you know, the weights classes that you teach. So it's not just the athletes at the school, it's the rest of the kids that want to sign up for that. One initiative we talk about in our professional development group is early exposure to strength and conditioning. What's the value as you see it for kids to get access to strength and conditioning during their high school or even their middle school years? I think it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing for them, you know, you know, especially for, for our field, you know, we're, we're trying to get more strength conditioning coaches, you know, that, that are, that are qualified and, and, and know what they're doing, qualified and certified, you know, and giving them access to the strength condition, you know, for me, in, in my, my case, I, I see them from seventh grade through 12th, you know, and, and roughly, you know, it's pretty much if I see them, you know, 44 weeks out of the year, three times a week, it's just under, or just shy of 800 times you know, where I get to train these kids. So getting that early exposure allows them, I think, to honestly kind of see what it's like, you know, especially if they're going to college level to play the next level. And then also, I think it's it's more about, you know, being physically literate individual. You know, you look at the, the state standards, the national standards, I mean, we're hitting them every single day in class. You know, I don't know any other class that's going to hit every standard every day in class. Um, where, you know, strength conditioning, we do that especially, the, you know, the, the national standards we're hitting those. So when those kids can hit those standards and can see these things and, you know, realistically, if you think about where, where we're all at, most of the time you see the older population, it's like, hey, what are you doing? Well, I'm going to the gym. Then, you know, yeah, they may go play pickleball. They may play some pickup basketball. But most of the time they're going into a weight room. You know, they're going to get on cardio machines or they're going to get on some other type of machines or they're going to they're going to lift weights. So for me, being able to teach these kids and, and educate, educate these kids on how to do this, it, I think it, it just sets them up for success later on in their life. You know, I look at what my wife does as, as a physical therapy assistant, you know, at the hospital. She's doing the same thing with older population, but just slightly different, you know, and, and hitting their needs. So if we can get kids stronger now and learn how to take care of themselves now, what does that do for them in the future? What does that do for us as a professional in the two when they, let's say they're done with their, their, their high school career or their college career, maybe they do want to go into strength and conditioning, you know, now they can look back at, at, at their, their time in high school or their time in college 
with that early ex exposure, maybe they, they, they end up going that route. Coming up through the college ranks or professional or different areas of the field, we might have a good idea of what that typical day in strength and conditioning looks like, but is that different at the high school level or is it more like a, maybe one of the other teachers? Uh, no, it's, I think it's, it's long days, you know, um, you know, let, in Colorado, you know, I, I'd, I'd be, a, I'd be at school every morning at four o'clock because that was the only time that I could get a workout in, you know? And so I, I would lift from four to five, five thirty, And then I would have teams coming in or some kids coming in at five 30 and they would lift until, you know, six forty-five, seven o'clock, get ready for class. Um, and then I would literally teach all day, you know, until two forty-five, and then after school, I'd have, you know, two or three or four more other, uh, other, other teams that would come in, or it could also be kids need to make up a class or whatever it may be. So, you know, they're really long days. My, my, my job here now in Tennessee, you know, I still get my workout in early, you know, and, and my son and I have a four-year-old that goes to school and he's, you know, fortunate enough that I'm fortunate enough that he can go to the school with me. They have a pre-K there. Um, I still get my workout done around 3.30 and then 3.30 in the morning, work out till 4.30, get Asher up. And then, you know, we have to leave the house by 5.30, you know, and then I get to school and I'll train, you know, one or two of the, the administrators or teachers, um, teach all, you know, seven out of the eight classes, depending on the day, um, all day. And then, you know, have maybe one or two um, teams after school, you know, and I, you know, I also do a, a teacher parent workout too. So, you know, trying to get the community involved and get more, more, more uh, relationships built with parents and administration and teachers. Um, so, you know, it's still a long day. And I, I think when you look at, you know, other, other courses, I don't think, you know, just from, from my experience, I don't think you really see a lot of teachers spending all that time at, at, at school, you know, yeah, they'll help out, they'll do some things, but I don't think it's the same as, you know, a lot of strength coaches will do. Yeah. High level of commitment in our field. Yeah. Being willing to get there, work with athletes before school, after school, we're always really in any area of the field where you're dealing with classes in school, you're, you're accommodating course schedules and the other demands that are placed on, on student athletes. So that is important. And, and I think it's, I mean, one, you're a wild man getting up that early and getting your work, getting your work at a workout in, but it, it seems like you've made it a routine and a sustainable yeah. routine for you. Uh, for your family. And that's something to take away from this as well is that regardless of where you're at in the field, there's, there's this evolution from coming up as a GA into your first coaching position. And then you're in a full-time role and, and you have, maybe you're married or have a family or other, other demands. And so how those balance, maybe those are areas we don't talk about enough, uh, or we're just starting to with the whole work-life balance conversation. Yeah, you know, and you know, as a, as a strength conditioning coach, especially at the high school level, you know, you may see, you know, like for me, I, I see 97% of our student population in seventh grade through 12th. And, you know, that's fantastic, you know, but, you know, there's also days where you, you want them coming and lifting with their team. You know, you want that, you want that team building experience. So, you know, like I have football that will come in and they'll get an extra lift in after school, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I've got softball that will come in Tuesday, Thursday. And, and right now they're really focused on speed and agility you know, they're still getting the training, but if you're in a large public school, like I was in, in Colorado at Vista Ridge and Palmer Ridge, you know, there's only, you only see so many kids, you know, and you can only get so many kids in the class. Well, what about those other kids that, that couldn't get it into their schedule? 
you know, with, with, with the schedule, schedule conflicts, you know, so being able to provide that opportunity for teams to come in is, is huge, but it also allows you as a, as a coach to become more of a mentor. It allows you to become more of that person that's going to help these kids, you know, and, and provide information for them. That's going to be really beneficial and really build the relationships with them. You know, when, when, when you go to, you know, team, team sporting events, when you go watch a kid in your class, that's not an athlete, you know, maybe, maybe they're more in, in the arts and they're in their plays or their, their musicals going to see those, those kids love that, you know? And I think I, I've said this before, but you know, you have, you know, only six or 7% actually go to the next level, you know? So what about the other 93, 94%, you know, and, and PE, our job is really to kind of, you know, help mold those kids, the, 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 the whole, the whole child aspect, you know, it's mm-hmm. not just focusing on, on sports, you know, and, and if I can get, you know, that 93, 94% stronger and better and more athletic then the other six, 7% is going to come with it as well. Mm-hmm. No, I like that. I like that. You, you, you take a broad approach towards your entire student body and, and what makes me, what comes through loud and clear is the fact that you have an educator mindset in, towards your job, even when you're working with the football team. Uh, let's explore that a little bit. We, we discuss with the professional development group uh, about teacher licensure and the importance of having a teacher, teacher licensure to, to be able to get certain jobs at the high school level and strength and conditioning. We also obviously from the NSCAC value in having a CSCS. Uh, what are some of the areas that you see as important around teacher licensure and just educator curriculum that we should know about as a strength and conditioning field? Yeah, I think if I remember right, looking at that survey, I think it was like 45% of a strength coach at the high school level are coming from that alternative licensure. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that's huge. Um, but when you look at alternative license, you know, things that I've kind of noticed is when you have that teacher teacher preparation, you, you, you understand classroom management a little bit better. You know, in, yeah. in a PE setting, you know, well, they'll, you know, counselors will literally dump 40, 50, 60, maybe even 70 kids in a class. You know, how do you how do you run that class? How do you manage that class? And I think when you look at you know, for me and my experience at Lock Haven, they, I think they did an amazing job at teaching us how to manage that large of a class by yourself, you know, and, and, and then also how to co-teach. So if you have a co, you know, co-coach in there, how do you guys work together? Um, so, you know, learning classroom management, I think is huge. I also really think, you know, talking about, you know, the, uh, the, the language in education, you know, what is differentiating instruction? You know, what is, what is, you know, what we call, what we call annual plan, what's a curriculum, you know? So getting these education terms down um, are huge. You know, I think, uh, you know, uh, Coach Tobias talked about that at Coach's Conference, you know? So yeah. when you can go through this, this educational program, you know, whether that be, you know, PE or, uh, you know, education, whatever it may be, your alternative license, the, there's several things that you really have to kind of learn. And it's more in that administration side, like, coming from, you know, CSCS, you know, you have your CSCS or, or you're coming from the college realm, you can teach a, a squat, you can teach a hinge, you can teach this, but can you teach these kids, but also know how to talk to talk? That makes sense. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's one area where we're having that alternative licensure route allows coaches from the college level or the private sector, whoever, to kind of 
get into the high school setting. And I think there, there is a difference when you look at public schools and private schools, right? Mm -hmm. So public schools where I taught in eight years for eight years, you have to have a teaching license, you know, private schools, not necessarily, you know, some, some will want that, but you don't necessarily have to have a teaching license, you know? Um, and, and that's fine. You know, um, public schools, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to want you to have that, that teaching license. And if you don't have that right now, that's where the alternative licensures comes in. That's where the emergency license comes in. Um, and I think those are, those are ways for, or those are ways for coaches to, to get that. Yeah. And I liked how you tackled it from the curriculum and education side first and the value to the students of having a teacher that's trained as an educator, uh, and, and that does go beyond a little bit of the scope of when we're talking strength and conditioning. So it really expands us to being good instructors and good teachers and good communicators. I know that's a hot topic within the field. Uh, but as we enter the profession, we want more opportunities. We want more jobs. And our NSCA salary survey has shown at some different stages that having a teacher licensure may give you as much as a 70% increase in your salary as a high school strength and conditioning coach. And we probably realized there that that might be the difference just of being a full-time strength and conditioning coach employed by the school or just a part-time person coming in after hours or on a coach's contract on a part-time basis. So the value of a teacher licensure as giving you more opportunities, that's, that's really the, uh, that's really one of the takeaways for me. Yeah, it, no, it is. You know, when, when you have when you have that license, you know, it, it does give you more opportunities. You know, one thing I talked about down at Coaches Conference on, you know, how to build admins or how to get admin support and build a program, you know, is, is that education component. You know, again, uh, especially in a public school and actually really in any school, they're, they're really about the whole child. You know, it's not just about athletics. So if you can bring an education component to it, you're going to get a little bit more buy-in from a, from administration quick. And that, you know, education component, you know, isn't just coming in, oh, what are your kids learning? Oh, they lift weights up and they put it back down. It's not that, mm -hmm. you know, they want to know, you know, are they learning the difference, you know, between the health and physical, you know, the health skills of, of components of physical fitness? Um, can they, you know, you know, look at the state standards and actually hit these? Um, or the national standards, you know, are you talking to them about nutrition? Are you talking to them about muscles or how to build a program or whatever it may be? You know, what is your curriculum? And I think if you provide a curriculum that you bring with you to, to the administration and say, here, this is what I have to offer. And this is the curriculum that I want to teach. You're going to get a little bit more support from administration really quick. One of the areas that I hear about a lot in education now is uh, STEM education, science, math, technology, and the areas that you're talking about really do connect to STEM and allied health career paths that are very important career progressions. When you go talk to maybe a guidance counselor, your senior year, and you're saying, Hey, I want to do this as a, as a profession, what type of college program do I need to pursue? Do you feel like strength and conditioning provides maybe an early uh, motivation or access point to some of those different areas that are just outside of the weight room? Oh, hundred percent. You know, I think a lot of it is that cross curriculum portion, you know, like, especially, 
you know, us coaches who use, let's say, VBT or, you know, fly tens and we have lasers and we can collect all this data, you know, how can you use that in the science world? You know, how can you use the, the velocity that you're, you're tracking or the, the, the mean velocity or peak velocity or peak power or whatever it is? And can you work together with your STEM teacher? You know, I, I don't I don't have that here. Um, and that, but that was something that I was looking at doing with in, in, in Colorado. You know, but I, I do know there's some there's several coaches that are that are kind of using that concept um, in, in other other states. I just haven't had the opportunity to do it yet. No, I like, I like that it's outside the box and it, it expands the, the roles and responsibilities of, of what a strength and conditioning coach can do at an institution and the impact they can have. And that that's really powerful for us. Share about the professional development group. You are the chair of the high school coaches PDG here at the NSCA. Uh, what, what are you guys working on and uh, share some of those initiatives? Yeah, um, we got a great group. Um, really excited about this this core group of individuals that we have on there. Um, right now, one of the, the the big things is trying to find what the requirements are for PE in every state. You know, because they, they they'll differ from state to state. Um, look at what the graduation requirements are for each state with with physical education. You know, is it is it one full credit of PE? Is it you know a credit and a half, or half of it's got to be a health um, credit or wellness? Um, and then also finding out the all, alternative licensure for each state. Um, you know, what, what does that entail? You know, is, or do they have alternative license in that state? Mm-hmm. And then also, also looking at emergency license in each state. So really kind of looking at the PE background, really, I guess you could say in each state and find out what, what, what each state's, you know, needs are or prereqs are for everything. Um, and then the other one we're really kind of focused on is bringing back the, the high school column in the strength coach journal. You know, and, and nice. getting, you know, and, you know, talking with, with, with Coach Nick about this and, and seeing the, the history behind it, you know, it's something, something big to bring back, you know, and, and we've got a, you know, great, great list of, of writers right now um, that are currently writing or getting ready to start writing. And then that way we can provide some information to them as well. So um, it's been going great with the, with, the, with the high school PDG and just continue to, to build upon everything that they've already done. Yeah, it is exciting. And I, I think back to getting the strength and conditioning journal in the mail when I first joined the NSCA and some of those columns that got that journal off the ground, essentially, one of those was the high school corner. I think we need another name for it, though, Justin, just to yeah. give it a little bit more prominence. We need to get high school out of the corner and into the limelight a little bit more. It's a great career progression for coaches. Uh, but Mike Nitka, obviously a very dedicated professional in the high school, uh, part of the strength and conditioning field. He's won the Lifetime Achievement Award with the NSCA for for his work. And and it's actually really cool talking to him. I'm glad you brought him up because uh, we a lot of times on the research front, we'll always think of William Kramer, you know, and the work he's done on the research side. Well, he actually went to college with Mike Nitka. And so when you think of those two and the contributions that they've had for this profession as a whole, uh, it, it is really impactful. And, and to me, really motivating to think over your career, just like the work you're doing with the PDG, how much of an impact you can have on the NSCA community. If we can build a resource or a database of state by state, what kind of, uh, 
what kind of requirements exist around different licensures for physical education. That only prepares us better for the next generation of coach coming out of either an exercise science program or strength and conditioning program that may want to explore that path and and makes us makes us stronger, gives us a brighter future. Well, I think it also gives an idea, you know, especially looking at, you know, 2030 when the, you know, the credentials and everything, not the credentials, but the requirements change for the CSCS, you know, that can also help us help coaches, you know, hey, this mm -hmm. is the requirement for this. Think about this school, think about this school. They're, you know, CASCI accredited here, but not here. Are you looking to go in a strength conditioning aspect or a health and PE with, you know, still being allowed you to sit for the, the CSCS exam? So yeah. I think, you know, getting this information is really going to provide some valuable information for, for, you know, future strength coaches. Yeah. And, there, and there's some pathways in there to think about yep. for coaches. If you're at a Caskey program and you're learning strength and conditioning as your major, maybe there's value in taking an education minor or going, yeah. getting your master's in education to give you more career opportunities. If you want to work at that, at well, the high I school mean, level. I, I honestly think, you know, you've said before, you know, being a, a coach is being a teacher and being a teacher is being a coach, you know, mm -hmm. and I think if you can get that education background, you know, even a couple of classes on it, that's really going to help you out as a coach, you know, whether it's in the college level professional or wherever, you know, just, just being able to kind of look at things maybe slightly different, you know, coming from a different aspect, you know, my wife, you know, her, her undergrad's geology. So getting, you know, her PTA degree and then also now, you know, she was a geologist, but also as a PTA now, she looks at things a little different as well. So it's kind of mm -hmm. just having a different different perspective on, on may, maybe ways you can do things. Yes. As we formalize our education requirements, it, I, it is important to celebrate the diversity of our group as a whole. We have a lot. There's a lot of college majors yeah. within strength and conditioning. <laughs> there's a lot of backgrounds. There's also a lot of similarities, too, of just the the challenges we have of uh, justifying our positions and and being able to share the mission of the NSCA and strength and conditioning and our, our passion for it and, and get access to working with, with athletes in different sports and, and really chasing our passions, turning it into a, a credible career path. Uh, it, but, but a lot of that motivation, especially for, for your students and your student athletes, it starts during those formative high school years, middle school and high school years. And, uh, this episode really does speak to the value of having a highly qualified strength and conditioning coach in that scholastic setting uh, before you get to college. Uh, I know I discovered the field as a profession during my college age years. I, I'd love to look back in the future and say, hey, strength coaches now are being motivated uh, to pursue this career path earlier than they were for our generation. Yeah. You know, and I, I also think, you know, like I was talking to a former student today, you know, she's, a, she's a cheerleader in, at Dodge city, you know, and, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, how's things going? And she's like, Oh, well, it's the first year, you know, we, we don't have a strength coach. You know, it's one of those, you just had, you just spent four years in, in high school with me as a strength, having a strength coach. And then, you know, these, these lower, lower level colleges, you know, JUCO or NAI or whatever it is, even D3, D2 don't necessarily have a, a strength coach. You know, so they're yeah. used to one thing and then go on the next level, not necessarily there. So it's not it's, always better. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, we're, we're, these initiatives are, are starting to, 
to snowball and get bigger. And we're, we're building more momentum for middle school and high school. What resources are available now for, uh, for coaches looking to explore the high school ranks? Well, I think, you know, one of the first things you can do is, is reach out to the, the high school professional development group. Um, you know, I think all our contacts are on the NSCA website, uh, you know, that, and that way we can provide some even more in-depth resources for you. You know, I think the other thing is look at the, the high school strength and conditioning book. Um, you know, the NSCA guide to high school strength and conditioning, um, that's sitting in my office, you know, and, um, you know, there's so much good resources in that book, just looking at schedules, looking at different types of, of, of programs that, that, that may happen, whether it be bell schedule, whether it be, you know, um, the block, you know, block versus traditional, um, looking at how you program agility, plyometrics, and just everything. So that, that book is, is a huge resource. Um, and then even the resource page, resource pages under the high school um, page in, in the NSCA website, you know. But again, I think the first thing to do would really be reach out to us, you know, and then we can get you the resources that you're really looking in and dialed in on. Um, and then also get you in contact with your state director at the same time, you know, and see what they totally. can do to help you. Um, so really, I think it's all of the above, you know, if I had to answer that, but reach out to us first and then we can get you what you need. Yeah, no, I like that. There's a lot of resources within the NSCA. We want to help direct traffic and make sure you know what resources are available. Uh, Justin, appreciate you taking the time today. Share your your contact info. What's the best way for someone to reach out? Yeah, you can uh, email me at loudonsc at gmail.com. Um, or you can even just message me on Instagram at uh, coach underscore Loudon. Awesome. Thanks again, my man. I appreciate that. It was great catching up at Coaches Conference. And uh, for all of our listeners, you can get involved with the high school professional development group. We're going to have these meetings at National Conference, at Coaches Conference every year. These are important conversations to have and to continue and we appreciate you listening today. So thanks for being with us. Also, a special thanks to Sorenex Exercise Equipment. We appreciate their support. Hi, this is 2022 NSCA Professional Strength and Conditioning Coach of the Year, Dan Dowerpole. Thanks for listening to the NSCA Coaching Podcast, a top resource to hear relevant stories and insights from great coaches like you. To always get the latest episodes delivered right to your phone or computer, subscribe to on iTunes or look up the NSCA Coaching Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Also, go to NSCA.com to join the NSCA at an upcoming conference or clinic. This was the NSCA's Coaching Podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.